The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. It's Thursday on the West, Friday on the East. Many of you are stuck somewhere in between. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio with me, Jason Hawes, and the always awesome J.V. Johnson. It's going to take a little bit to get used to you wearing that knit cap on your head right now. Man, um, I, well, you know what? I don't have any hair on my head. No, I know that. So it's like the only insulation I, I have. Yeah, but you're and, indoors. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> it really, I'm, it's funny because even the wife was making fun of me earlier. She's like, why have, you, why have you been wearing the hat in the house all day long? I said, I don't know. The top of my head is just yeah. cold for well, some reason. She's got a good reason to make fun of you there. I mean, yeah, most of the U.S., I think hell has frozen over. Yeah, it, it certainly seems to have uh gotten that bad i mean some of these temperatures i'm seeing from around the country especially in the midwest just unbelievable it's um you know it's uh, record-setting cold that's really what it is and sadly nine people so far according to the news have lost their lives due to this polar vortex so again like we said we've said prior just please be careful and uh pay attention and, and check on those who uh who definitely could use some assistance and I, I just feel incredibly bad also for the homeless. I mean, I have seen a lot of people out there really helping. Uh, one guy actually went and uh, rented out almost a whole hotel to give rooms to uh, the homeless. And uh, just seeing seeing people people with hearts like that, it's just it's incredible. It's amazing. It is. Um, take care of your neighbors, your friends, your family, anybody that needs help uh, in these very, very difficult times. But the good news is, I suppose, is that it looks like it's going to turn around pretty quickly here and warm up quite a bit. I mean, it's going to be like a 70 or 80 degree temperature swing over the next few days. I know. They're calling for like 55 in Rhode Island yeah. on Monday. And I'm it, that's insane. But then again, the other day it was 36. And then three hours later, we yeah. were at four. Yeah. Um, what do you consider to be a ripe old age? Ripe old age? Yeah. Uh, 45. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, what, um, that's my age now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, ripe old age. See, I got a grandfather who's 95. Mm -hmm. I got a mother who's you know, 72. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, and they're, they're still trucking right along. So I don't I remember know. my grandfather used to always tell me he wanted to live to be 100. And then, he, then that was enough. I mean, that's pretty significant. He actually didn't make it. Um, but scientists have just uh, decided, I don't know how scientific this is because it's more of a survey than it is any real scientific experiment. But they've decided that they, they've figured out what the cap of the human life is. In other words, regardless of what medical uh, breakthroughs we have or what type of uh, things you do lifestyle-wise, you're not going to be able to live past the ripe old age of 115 years old. Really? Okay. And that's even, but are they figuring in technology and everything else? Because well, I, mean, I don't think they're figuring in like downloading your personality well, to a computer not, kind of thing. I don't even think I'm talking about that. There's well, technology where now with 3D printing, I mean, they're printing different body parts, different organs, and of course, as long as you can maintain something to keep the brain alive, then you're still alive. Right. And so, you know, what, where, where do we come to a point where they're just, well, all right, replace his kidneys, replace his heart, replace the liver, do this, do that. As long as you're keeping pretty much from the neck up going, you're still there. Right. But at the same time, we all know with old age, the brain deteriorates as well. Um, even though it is being new, fed nutrients and oxygen and yeah. things it needs, um, but it deteriorates too. It's one of the, you know, those cells deteriorate just like all the other ones. So um, I don't know where they came up with this other than the fact that they did it based on looking at the uh, maximum uh, life expectancy of people around the world. Not life expectancy. I'm sorry. It's the wrong word. Uh, the You know how they always say the oldest person alive is yeah. and they give that. They looked at those statistics throughout the world and throughout history and, they, and those numbers haven't budged. Average life expectancy has increased. You know, we've gone from what, what was in the 40s at one point now up into the 80s. Um, but the top age, the, the age where you say, okay, the oldest person in the world is 114 years old, that number has barely budged. And that's where they came up with their 
conclusion. Well, well, it's even scary when you look at it where these other countries, their age expect age expectancy is going up. And the U.S., we tend, well, we, we've been sitting at a certain number for a while and we're tending, tending to drop a little here and there. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, when that was discussed, there's something to do with um, actually heroin and, and, and some other um, substance abuse issues that have uh, these uh, pr- uh, narcotics, prescription medicate, pain medications that people become addicted to have really affected life to, life expectancy in the United States. Well, and I also think the food, the quality of the food we have here, the preservatives that go into them, a lot of them aren't, I mean, over here. I think that makes you live longer, frankly. Well, you get a few preservatives through your body, (laughs) it keeps things fresh. I I mean, but uh, no, I I know that there's, well, the whole thing, like when you go overseas, even chocolate and stuff over there is so, it's more expensive and, and it's different because they can't use the wax fillers and things of that nature that they use here in the U.S., just like soda and stuff like that. So, and they definitely think a little better. Uh, when I was over filming with Jack Osborne, one of the uh, big headlines in the newspaper was the UK may have to accept the United States inferior milk products because they were running low on stuff. So, I don't well, know. I've had milk in Europe, and I'm not going to tell you that I think it's superior to our milk. In fact, I think it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know what they do to their milk over there, but you don't have to refrigerate it generally, and it's just the most. It's kind of an odd. Well, and there's, a, there's a lot of weird – I had a Guinness in Ireland, and I paid the price for four days after. So <laughs> it was just because they don't do the pasteurization that that we do here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where you, you're like – you're dying. You're like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but – I, um, so well, I you know. know what? When you when you have another episode like that, you might want to talk to a uh, Reiki healer or somebody who might be able to address energy vampires in your life. Like our guest tonight, Lisa Campion, is um, a psychic and an energy healer. And we're going to talk about energy vampires. And those are a thing. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about them lately throughout the last few years. And I'm a firm believer in them because there's always those individuals who are around you. And JV, you know this, who pretty much you could be in a good mood and all of a sudden they're around you and you're in a bad mood. Or you just feel just the negativity coming off the person is just draining all the time. And it just beats you up. Some people can walk into a room and they literally suck the energy out of the room. I Are mean, you looking right at me? Um, because I, because it's the hat. It's still the hat. It's the hat. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, but seriously, uh, people can walk into a room and suck the energy out of a room. I don't know if if it's because they in, are doing it intentionally. I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know if they're in need of um, you know energy from other sources. I don't know, but I, I think uh, Lisa is going to be able to talk about this and uh, give us some of the explanations and some of the things we can do to defend ourselves. Uh, against such people you know this hat i'm going to line on the inside with tinfoil and it's going to keep my it's going to keep those energy vampires from being able to suck anything from me among other things yes Yes, exactly so hey if you haven't yet head over to facebook.com slash beyond reality radio and like that facebook page for us then head to beyondrealityradio.com where you can find all the stations we are on across the country and that list is constantly being updated with new stations being added all the time you can also download the smartphone apps for iphone and android which allow you to listen live, catch past shows, join the online chat, and more, and that's all free. Or uh, or any night we're live, just click the Listen Live or the Listen Live and Chat button right there on the website and listen to the show while, while on the website. If you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, just take two seconds of your time and rate it for us because it really helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate that. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, okay, so why don't we take a break and uh, get our guest on the line so we can start talking about this topic. Again, we are going to be talking about energy vampires with Lisa Campion tonight. And we want to also hear from you all. So, and the phone lines will be open a little later. But have you ever dealt with an, an some sort of an energy vampire, somebody who walks in and just drains the energy from you or anybody else around? And and you know, how do you think they do it? How does it make you feel when it happens? So, and the phone number again is eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. Again, toll free at eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. You listen to Jason and JV Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the program. It's Beyond Reality Radio, Jason and JV. Tonight we're going to be talking about energy vampires. You know the people that kind of suck your life force out of you? You can't even explain it. You know, some, some, there are some relationships, um, whether especially if it's somebody that you need, you're with every day, a boss, uh, even a family member, a friend, and yet uh, you just kind of lose your motivation you lose your ambition you, you you lose these things and you're not really sure why and we're not just talking about just people who just thrive on negativity we're talking about people who just when they're around you're just dragged down and uh so i i think that that's mainly what we're trying to cover yeah and our guest tonight lisa campion is a psychic and energy healer her website is lisa campion it's like champion without the h LisaCampion.com. She's got a book out called The Art of Psychic Reiki. Lisa, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh, thanks for coming on. So we kind of um, stumbled our way through a definition here of what an en- energy vampire is. Why don't you tell us what an energy vampire is? Oh, I think you said it really well in your introduction, you know, that we just um, sometimes encounter people that really just sort of like suck the life out of us. And I would say that most of the people that are doing it have no idea that they're doing it. Um, and then there's a few co- kinds of people that really do it on purpose. The very sort of dangerous, predatory, you know, sort of psychopathic people that really actually do it on purpose and thrive on that kind of um, behavior and take energy from people. And, I mean, you know, as a psychic and an energy healer, I think that mostly – uh, we don't have any idea. We're very unconscious of how we impact other people. And maybe we're, we all can have a bad day where we're tired or drained, and we might be, you know, we might be somebody that's taking other people's energy, so we sort of have to watch out for that too. Well, and you, and you said it right. There there are people out there, most people don't, don't realize that they're actually doing this, but there are people out there who are aware of what they're doing, and, uh, you know, they – try to specialize in it but there's also groups of people that get together that that's main purpose is to do this as well i know that was so interesting to me because i'm writing my next book it's called the energy vampire cure and as i was doing research for that i stumbled upon these communities of people who sort of identify they self-identify as vampires and some of them are blood drinkers some of them uh say that they you know just take people's energy, not their blood. And, uh, you know, they, I had one of, spoke to one of them, actually did a little bit of research for my book, and it was a really interesting, um, a really interesting sort of lifestyle that they just feel like they can't um, exist, you know, on food and water and air like, like we do. They have to take people's blood or people's energy. I think that's a very small percentage of people. But there are, yeah. The, yeah. But there are those out there, and I actually met some uh, individuals when I was in New Orleans. Uh, I was down yeah. there, and there's there's a bunch of different types of well, people that believe they're different types of vampires, like you were saying. But there's yep. actually some that are notorious that refer to themselves as energy vampires, and they yes. they'll notoriously, as a group, head into some of the bars down there uh, in the uh, the French Quarter, and you know, spend time in the bars with each other. And believing that they're they're drawing energy from all those people in there. Yeah, I, I know it's such an interesting kind of subculture of people, and I it, it's hard to know what to think. Like I'm I'm sort of you know anything between consenting adults, I guess. Like you know if that's if that's really how you feel, and nobody's getting hurt, I, I guess so. Um, it's not really my cup of tea, and I'm more interested in teaching people how to protect themselves, how to manage their energy how to spot an energy vampire, how to keep themselves full so we don't inadvertently become that way. I think it's kind of something that up until really recently we've been really unconscious about. It hasn't been part of our conversation, you know, in, in, in really in any way. And, and it, it is becoming part of our conversation now in more of a mainstream way, and I think that's an opportunity for all of us. 
Lisa, does a person have uh, the ability to morph into an energy vampire? Is that something you're born with? You know, I think the super predatory kinds, the real psychopaths, sociopaths, severely narcissistic people, um, it is something that uh, they may be born with. And lately there's been a lot of, you know, research and scientific research on on why people become psychopaths. And they've done, you know, brain analysis, brain dissection of people who are psychopaths, and they really find something is developmentally different or some, some part of their brain develops in a different way. It seems to be they're born that way. Um, and that I think that's true for this. I think it's like 0.5% of the population, thankfully it's pretty small, who really we could sort of categorize in this in this personality disorder um, spectrum of people who are just extremely predatory, psychopathic people. Those are the really, really scary ones that we have to watch out for. The, the rest of the energy vampires that, that I think fall into the needy kind of energy vampire, um, that, that's maybe something that's like a habit we learn or uh, a way that we f- fall into um, that I think can be reversed. It can be changed. And I, I think any one of us can come on hard times, like I call them situational energy vampires, that we, we're just have a, we're having a, you know, somebody passed away or we're, we're dealing with a major health issue or we're going through a divorce. There's some powerful trauma that we're dealing with in our lives that temporarily drains us, drains us from our energy and then we kind of glom onto other people to try and get some of that back. You know, one of the, I guess, very important questions, Lisa, would be when that life force is being drawn out of you, other than feeling maybe blah or even depressed or lacking energy, what are the other effects on you as the person who's the victim of this? You know, it's so interesting because uh, because I'm a you know psychic and an energy healer, I can sometimes see this happen, and uh, I, I notice that it um, often comes out of our solar plexus, so out of the be- out of our belly, and I, I see people get stomach aches, have trouble digesting things. People uh, will will c- kind of cross their arms or their hands over their belly when this is happening, um, and I you know fatigue definitely sometimes brain fog depression, anxiety, headaches. Like, I mean, if you spend some time with somebody and they really, like, feel depressed and, like, you want to go have a nap, you know, and your belly hurts, that's a pretty good sign that that your energy is getting drained. And I think on a, it can be almost dangerous and if it's in a very um, severe case and it's chronic, like a lot of, you know, it's happening for a long period of time. I've seen people get very sick, um, you know, really have problems with their health and have a hard time bouncing back if you have if you're with somebody who's constantly doing that to you well and one of the meat and the meat uh, the most known uh, side effects of this is definitely the headache issue and it's you and most people most of the times when i've ever heard anybody explaining it it always seems to be like a pain in the back of the head that's radiating down down the neck and uh, so so that's the most common correct yeah, I think so. Headaches and stomach aches seem to be the big, you know, and fatigue. Um, and sometimes depression, like really feeling bad, really feeling like um, weak, exhausted. Um, and I, I think you're right. It's sort of in the back of the head, like at the, at the base of your skull. Um, there's also an entry point there. And I see that very frequently with people that have uh, encountered um, sort of the, the spirit versions of energy vampires because, you know, it's not always just people. Sometimes we run into you know, non-physical beings, spirit beings, they often attach right into the back of the neck. We, we know this is not a physical phenomenon. In other words, um, you know, one of these energy vampires doesn't have to be touching you to be drawing this force from you. Uh, does that make it spiritual or is it, is it uh, telepathic? Where is, what's the connection? I think it's energetic. You know, so we have this life force energy, you know, um, and that and that's kind of what why I see it this way because I'm a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki teacher. So Reiki is sort of this uh, universal life force. It's sort of the chi or the life force energy that we all have, and that's really what they're taking. You know, um, they're 
they're taking our life force. Of course, they're also can be taking our time, our attention, our money, our resources. Like there's physical things, those kinds of things they can take too. But what they're actually draining out of us is our life force energy. And I think that's why we feel fatigue when it's happening. So how do we spot one of these folks? I mean, other than, you know, maybe experiencing the symptoms, but those symptoms could be, you know, illness. It could be something else as well. So we're not entirely sure. How do we know when an energy vampire is affecting us? You know, the super predatory types are very hard to spot because they're very shape-shifty. They're very, like, if you think about, like, a very practiced con man you know, or con woman, they kind of roll like that. So they can be charming, good-looking. Um, they, they can really play you. They can, you know, almost if it's, like, with, with that kind of it's too good to be true. Um, and then you get to know them after a little while, and then all of a sudden they need money or all of a sudden they're, you know, they they become very controlling. Um, that's usually it's. So hard you're to you're, you're defining ones. my children, by the way. I just want to make sure you understand that, <laughs> especially when it comes to they need money all of a sudden. Just just want to be yeah, clear. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So the, they're almost too hard to spot until it's too late. <laughs> Oftentimes, I think our 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 friends will have like a better you know beat on that than than we do because they're the predatory type of energy vampires are very canny they're they're very psychic they have this like ability to find out what we need what we're looking for where our weak spot is and, and shape shift in a way to become that person like a con artist you know and the needy vamps the, the needy ones who are who are super like they're just tired they have um they're sick or they they can't they can't quite function in their life without help um you, we notice them often because they're very negative they can whine and complain a lot. They don't um, often, uh, are, they're not often interested in actually solving their problems, so they often tell the same story over and over again. They're going to tell you about their terrible relationship or their horrible mother or something. like. And, and it can be really a problem that they're having, but they don't, they're a bit addicted to the victim quality that that brings them and the victim, like, attention that that gives them. And they're not invested in changing, so you might be on the phone with them for an hour and you're hearing the same story you've always heard and that nothing, they're not actually interested in changing or taking your advice or following through, that's a really good way to spot sort of the needy type of energy vampire. So why are we hearing so much these days about energy vampires compared to, well, you know, 10 years ago? You know, I've been asking myself that question too. I think it's like maybe a topic whose time has come. And I also think that people are becoming more sensitive. So there's more talk about empaths, you know. People are discovering that they're an empath or that they're sensitive, and that's really hitting the mainstream in a big way. And really there's kind of this dance between the empath and the energy vampire. So if if the energy vampire is looking for food, they're often looking for an empath, for a highly sensitive person. I think empaths are really caring gentle-hearted people. They're often drawn to working in the healing profession or helping other people, and they tend to have very weak boundaries. They have this sort of spongy kind of energy field. That's why we call them psychic sponges. So there's kind of a natural, like, tendency for these two to, to encounter each other. So as empaths are waking up to their capacity, their ability, their sensitivity, and going, oh, my God, I'm an empath, almost the next thought you have is, and who are these people that are taking my energy all the time, and why is that happening to me? So it is, it's not that there's more energy vampires than there were 10 years ago? It's just more more like you were just saying then? Yeah. I, I don't think there's more. I think that this is something that's always been there. It's just somehow hitting our consciousness now. As people are becoming more aware of it's like like okay to talk about being an empath that nobody even knew what that word was 10 years ago. You know, or we're, we're sensitive. It's, it's okay to talk about being sensitive and psychic and being a healer, you know. And those are the people that are, are feel very often impacted by vampires, energy vampires. Lisa, do energy vampires have to be human? Um, are energy vampires ever in the form of uh, a non-human entity or a demonic entity? Or can they even be in animals? Um, you know, yes, all of the above. So... Um, I'd see non-human energy vampires really frequently when on my clients, um, and they're you know it's just common to find them, especially in people who are 
like addicts, if you're, I think that addicts, especially people that are addicted to very hard drugs, are very, um, they're like entity magnets. They tend to have a lot of entities on them. And those, and entities by nature, the ones that I've worked with, are parasitic. You know, that they, they don't know how to get energy on their own, so they attach onto a human host like a parasite. And the, that's exactly what an energy vampire is. So it's, I think it's frighteningly common. Um, most of them are not demonic. I think true, truly demonic, uh, thankfully, are pretty rare. I mean, they're definitely out there, but they're um, more rare in my experience. And, and I do think animals, too. And, and animals kind of fall into two categories. They're, they're like naturally energy-giving and naturally energy-taking, just like people. Well, and a, yep. neg- a negative entity, a demonic, is well, just by just its nature is pretty much to be some sort of an energy vampire, right? That's because right. its main yeah, goal is to yeah, its main goal yeah. is to pretty much break you down in all aspects. That's right. So they they would fall now, but there's different types of these energy vampires that you talk about, and I believe you you list that there's three different types. Can you tell us what those are? Yeah. So there's the predatory type. Um, that, that would be this highly narcissistic, um, you know, psychopathic kind of con artist type that, you know, that we've been talking about a little bit. I think that they're about 0.5% of the population. They're very dangerous people, you know, and fortunately they're not so common, but we really have to watch out for them. Um, those are the ones that are so charming. We don't always see them coming, you know, and they can, they're, they don't, you know, the definition of a psychopath is that they don't have remorse. You know, so they're, they're remorseless. They, they'll take your energy. They'll take your money. They'll drain every resource out of you and sort of without remorse, you know, let you go and find somebody else, you know, to do the same thing to. Those are, those are the ones that I think we really have to be careful about. Then there's the really needy um, type people, sort of victim people who, um, I, I don't think they wake up in the morning and say, well, how can I suck the life out of you today? They're just um, so identified with being a victim and so um, needy in a way. Like they feel empty on the inside and they're just kind of desperate for time, for attention, for whatever, you would, whatever it is that you can give them. Mostly they want your attention and your time and your physical energy like your chi like we were talking about. And then the last, they're much more common. That's most likely the kind that you're going to encounter. And then the last kind is the situational energy vampire, which is like maybe any of us going through a hard time when we're down, down on our luck might temporarily be so, you know, in such bad shape that we become that way until we kind of find our feet again. Lisa, is uh, a person who is an energy vampire, or maybe so, are some people that are energy vampires actually? Is that a form of uh, just a cry for help? Um, I think it is. I think it's you know, I, for some of them, I would say they don't know better. You know, they don't know better. And as I've been having this discussion and talking about on the radio, I get contacted by people who tell me that, well, I I think I'm an energy vampire and I don't really want to be. What do I do? How do I stop it? How do I how do I reform myself? And, and I'm, it, it's, it makes me happy. It makes me sort of feel hopeful that there are people that are like, oh, my gosh, I don't actually want to be that way. How can I improve myself? And, and my advice to them is really to think, become more empathic, to think about how they're, what they're going to do and say affects other people, to try and find different ways to get their energy needs met other than draining other people. And, you know, there are, there are a bunch of people that ha- really want to get better and reform, which I think is quite hopeful. So here's a weird question. If you're, let's say you're in a relationship and you, you're in a relationship with somebody who you, um, you think may be an energy vampire, but you feel as though you want to give them part of your energy and your life force, is that a common situation and is that love? Well, I think we call it codependency, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if it's a, certainly a lot of people experience that. Um, is it the healthiest dynamic? I, I think everyone, like I said, consenting adults, I, I feel like fundamentally it's ideally we want love to be more 50-50. Like sometimes, 
you might be needing something and your partner gives to you, and, you know, other times it's the other way around. Right, it can, it of, can, it can ebb and flow, right? It can one, ebb and flow, one, and one that's point. sort of the natural way. And over time, if it evens out to 50-50-ish, that's great. We, that's sort of a healthy relationship, you know. But somebody who's always needy and somebody who's always giving, you know, like you can look, look up codependent relationships, and that's like textbook. You know, and any any therapist will tell you that's not really a healthy dynamic. Talking about energy vampires. Her book is called The Art of Psychic Reiki, uh, and her website is her name, lisacampion.com. Lisa, this is a short segment, but I wanted to take a minute here to talk about the things that are on your website. You've got a lot of information there, plus a lot of services and uh, a list of classes and instruction. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what people can find on your website. Well, I, I, train, I love to train empaths psychics and healers. I sort of feel like they're my people. So helping them learn and develop the skills and tools that they have so that they can step into the world and be fully powered up is really what I love to do the most. So I have a lot of free resources, video classes, articles, um, all kinds of things right now. Um, I, I like to share my resources, so I got a bunch of free stuff there. And then I also have classes. You know, I teach Reiki, I teach psychic development, um, yeah, that's what I like to do. And I the, do private sessions. And, and you do sessions for people that you would consider clients, and then you also offer instruction for people who feel what? That they have some of these sensitivities and want to develop them? or somebody, that's right. Or is, it, is yeah. it also for people who might not know if they have a sensitivity and want to find out? Yeah, that too. You know, and I think right now there's, uh, there's a big, I notice a huge increase in people's sensitivity. So, you know, when I when I was a kid in in uh, in the sixties and seventies and growing up right outside of Boston, the level of psychic gifts that I have were sort of rare. And now I see so many people, so many young people, teens, kids, um, and and uh, waking up. Their psychics are waking up. They're having uh, experiences. Their sensitivities increasing. And then I think we do a lot of things these days too. We do yoga. We do meditation. We learn Reiki. And all of these things can also sort of pop us open. If we have latent psychic ability or sensitivities, so much of what we do activates that. And so I love to work with people that are wondering if they are or they're finding they're really opening and they're not sure what to do about it. That's, that's where I like to work. Well, and does everybody have the ability to do this? Because there are those people out there who are just they're closed off like a brick. Yeah, I think there are. I mean, I think it's sort of a natural talent, and I feel like a lot of times it's, you know, fits our personality or fits with our life purpose, like what we're meant to do in the world, and not everybody is, you know, that's not what they're for. Um, and I also think especially intuition is something that everyone has and can be developed if we pay attention to it and develop it. So everybody has the ability to, well, to be psychic or sensitive? I think especially intuitive, like intuition is sort of our inner, our inner knowing. It's sort of our instinctual self, you know. It's very connected to how we feel in our body, how, what our emotion, what's happening with our emotions, and sort of our gut knowing, like, I don't know why I know. I, we just know, like, that kind of feeling. I think everyone has that. I don't think everyone pays attention to it. So a lot of people who are, who are very, like, intellectual or very analytical can bypass that information um, and really live in their mind. You know, and this is living more with the instinctual or intuitive self. I think that's something that every person has. Okay, so there is hope for JV is what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> <Definitely>. so. Definitely. <laughs> if JV wanted to open the side of him, and he'd have to work on it a little bit, but I'm sure he could. Uh, you a, little, know, a little bit? Uh, when, you said, when, you did, when you said brick, you were definitely talking about me. And, <laughs> or you uh, should have said cinder block. Yeah, and the other thing is I'm not sure I want to have those, uh, you know, that, that information coming in through any sensitivities. I think I want to avoid it. I've got too much going on as it is. All right, so our guest, uh, Lisa Campion, psychic and energy healer. We're discussing energy vampires. Uh, we're going to be opening up the phone lines next hour at 844-687-7669. Again, 844-687-7669. You're listening to Jason and JV Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. All right, so when you nestle down in the sofa and you're going to watch yourself a movie on Netflix or whatever, what do you like on your popcorn? What do I like? I like that cheddar... <laughs> that cheddar cheese stuff you put on. <laughs> Actually, that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, 
the, the, I always the, buy it when I go to the movies, uh, the, the cinemas too. Yeah, cheese that. popcorn. Yeah, it's well, really, it's just a yeah cheese topping. Are you talking about? Is it like a powder sprinkle or is it like a like yeah. a cheese sauce? No, just a powder sprinkle. I yeah. can do a cheese sauce. It would kill me. <laughs> That'd but be weird. Just a powder sprinkle. But you know what people are using? First of all, I do uh, salt and butter. I mean, and I I've actually gotten into a habit where I air pop some popcorn almost every night after the show and and throw some butter and salt. I did on too it until it. I realized how many calories. I know. I know. I know. Um, but uh, people uh, have been highly recommending, and it seems to be trending, to put soy sauce on your popcorn. So, soy sauce? They said... So, like sushi-type soy sauce? Yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, like uh, Chinese uh, restaurant soy sauce. Um, they say Low that... sodium. <laughs> yeah, they say it turns out you should be drizzling it with soy sauce. It sounds weird, but um, it adds a savory flavor that pairs perfectly with popcorn. They say prepare... Uh, popcorn whether you do microwave or however you make it um you can also put a little wasabi in i don't i wouldn't do that but they say garlic always, salt's good i bet my kids with wasabi to every time we go out for sushi i make a bowl and i'm like <laughs> if, you, if you can eat this you know here's yeah. five bucks no thanks brown sugar is another possibility or parmesan cheese um and then sugar and you know put it uh, pour that over your popcorn um and then, uh, you know, a little soy sauce. And supposedly, it's a very tasty treat. I can't imagine the sodium intake. Yeah, don't you always ruin it. Calories, well, I just, sodium. I mean, man, man. it's, you know, I don't know. I, I just had my night planned out, and you just ruined it for me. If your night was a, a night full of soy sauce, I mean... <laughs> You might want to see a doctor. <laughs> well, um, I'm not, I, it sounded good until you, you, until you took us well, down that path. Just, just don't think of the, uh, the, the calories and the sodium I mean, that yeah, you brought yeah, up. Yeah. Who needs arteries? Yeah, a good point. Um, our <laughs> guest tonight is Lisa Campion. Uh, before we get bring her back into the show here, uh, a couple things coming up that you should know about Monday night. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, will be a best of program. Monday night, Tim Schwartz will be with us. He's an author. And we'll be talking about ghosts, poltergeists, elementals, Geff the Talking Mongoose, who Ooh, has apparently so lost with that. Yeah, baffled researchers for years. Um, and much more. That'll be Monday night's program. And then Tuesday, we'll be talking to John Potash, author and documentarian. We'll be uh, talking about his newly released film, Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA's War on Musicians and Activists. We had John on in the past. And let me tell you, initially, when we, we were getting ready to have him on, Jim, we were like, what is this going to be about? Yeah. But by the end of the show, we were just locked in. I mean, it was an incredible show. Yeah, it was a great discussion. Crazy, crazy the amount of stuff that he that he'll be able to talk on. And uh, and then also the second hour, we'll have Rhonda and Dwight Hull, paranormal researchers, psychic mediums. We'll be discussing their new book, Conversations with Spirits of the Southwest, a continued journey into the paranormal. So make sure you tune in. It's going to be some great shows. Yeah, great stuff coming up. Again, tonight we're talking with Lisa Campion. By the way, uh, we do have some people waiting on hold to chat with our guest tonight. So uh, thank you for being patient. We will get to your calls. If you're trying to get through, the number is 844-687-7669. So, Lisa, first of all, I have to ask you this, because I don't know where you're located. Are you in the the freeze zone, or are you in some place a little warmer? I'm in New England. Oh, you're <laughs> so in the freeze zone. Yeah. We're slightly frozen. We're not as frozen as the deep freeze in the Midwest. Well, I'm in Rhode Island, and it's pretty darn cold here. Yeah, so we're neighbors. <laughs> oh, so yeah. All right, let's um, let's see here. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's take a listener call to start out this hour. This is Ethan in Florida. Hey, Ethan, welcome to the program. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Good. Welcome to the show, Ethan. Hey, how you doing? All right, so I have the suspicion that I dated actually one of these energy vampires, they're called. And one thing that I noticed, you know, just myself, um, is like poor social skills, like always needing something, always has a sob story for everything. And um, I was just wondering, like, is that typical? Like, what are the signs that you're dating, like, a so-called energy vampire? Well, it sounds like you got one of the needy ones. Um, that uh, A really predatory one would have excellent social skills in a scary kind of way. But if you have somebody that's really needy, that never has money, that always has a problem, that, you know, has a lot of anxiety, you've, you've got somebody that's, that's probably pulling on your energy pretty hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I'm relatively young, you know. I'm, I'm 22, like, for the record. But, um, you know, I, I took on $1,500 worth of credit card debt, like, dating this person because, like, they always needed, like, I, I had to basically sustain them, you know, for an extended period of time. But... I don't know. There were, uh, you know, kind of like you were saying, like they have excellent social skills, like to a point, I guess. And then after that, after they reach like their limit, I guess it's like, 
I don't know, they just kind of hit a wall, and it's like it just becomes awkward, I guess. Like, is that typical? Yeah, that's really typical, and especially because they don't really ha- often have a lot of empathy. So this might be a person that no, isn't no going to tune into how you feel about things. Like, they're, mm. they're just going to, like, kind of use you up, you know, and not really consider how their behavior is making you feel. Well, now let me ask you this. Were you dealing with any of the so-called side effects, headaches, or anything when you were dealing with this person? Yeah, definitely. I actually thought I had um, black mold poisoning. I went to my doctor, actually, for, like, chronic migraines, you know, things like that. Um, but I was definitely having a lot of that. Well, when you say chronic migraine, but were they the ones located in the lower back part of the head, or were they everywhere, or what? No, yeah, for sure. It was the back of the head. It was, um, like, you know, it was radiating, like, throughout the body, things like that. Okay. Oh, geez. Well, thanks for the call. Yeah, Ethan, how long did you stay in that relationship, or are you still in it? Um, well, it was very on and off um, for about, uh, I would say, eight months. Uh, but I met this person. They were very charismatic. They, you know, they were very um, sensual, I guess you could say. But, you know, other than that, uh, there was, I don't know, I was just noticing a lot of the signs that uh, was being described tonight. Well, now let me, let me ask one more question, not to be personal. Did you break it off or did it come to a point where you were unable to assist them any further so they just sort of disappeared out of your life well honestly i was unable to assist them anymore but like you know when you're in a relationship with a person and like i don't know i'm a very outgoing person i guess you could say where it's like i guess um if i'm able to help a person i feel like i should you know one of those type of deals but i guess that makes me susceptible to this sort of uh situation um Yeah, but it's you know, it it was that sort of for for an extended period of time, and then when I noticed that, like I couldn't help anymore, I was like, hey, I'm tapped out. I cannot do this anymore. Uh, I'm just gonna have to break it off because you know you're needing things that I can't provide, and I feel I don't know. I guess kind of shitty. So whoops, yeah. I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, it sounds like you're a really like kind, you know, sensitive person. That's the type they usually go for. So. I commend you your sensitivity, but it's good that you got out when you did, and it'd be good for you to do some things to recover your energy. And that's one of those things where they always say, you know, the good people get taken advantage of, the people that's who right. want to give it. And you always yeah. got to be careful. But thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so let's then t- change the uh, line of conversation to how you can um, protect yourself, I guess. Or once if you're in a relationship like that and you recognize it's happening – um, how do you get out of it, or can you change the person? Uh, what's the best path to take? You know, the, the, that's a great question. Thanks for asking it. And the really predatory types, often you can't change them, and you just need to get away. And you can tell when they're, they're not interested in getting help, or you might be like, hey, this isn't working out. Do you want to maybe do couples therapy? And they're, they're like, no, you're the problem. If somebody's telling you you know, you're the problem and there's nothing wrong with them, That that's a good sign that you're dealing with a, a predatory type person. You just need to really get away from them. The, the needy types require boundary setting, and sometimes we can't get away from people. Like maybe it's your boss or your spouse or a relative or somebody you really can't get away with and from, or you can't get away from. And so then we need to set boundaries, and that's just figuring out how to say no <laughs> What, like, where are you, where can you do what you can do, and when do you have to draw a line and say, I can't do that, you know, I'm just, that's a no for me. So, again, protecting yourself. Um, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, this is a good case where an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, Do we, should we be looking for these people before we get involved with them? If you can, I mean, if you, you know, I, you know, honestly, I think your friends are really good. I notice people's friends will tell you, like, you know, if, they're, if your friends are saying that person's trouble, we don't really like them, that's not a good idea, that's, they often have a better radar for it than you do if you're in the middle of it. So that, like, watch what your friends are saying about somebody. And I think look at their, into their past a little bit. You know, do they have, like, a string of, like, bodies behind them of people they've used up and, and thrown away? You want to, that's a big red flag. Do they not have a lot of close personal relationships? So knowing somebody's history can sometimes tip you off on that. And I, I wish it was such a, you know, a case where we could sort of like throw garlic and holy water at them and <laughs> make them go away like a, you know, a vampire, um, like a movie vampire. But really we can't. We have to deal with people. We have to deal with them as people. And that means sometimes just figuring out where, 
where our boundary is and how we say no. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go into debt for you. I'm not going to, you know, spend that hour on the phone with you. And a lot of times when we hold a firm boundary and we stop feeding them our energy, they wander off and find somebody else who will. Yeah, but it's also tough because a situation where if you're truly in love with the person and you, you're willing to do whatever you can to help that person out. Yeah. So tough. it's just one of those things. Or but. sometimes it's tough because it's somebody you can't get away from. It's like your parent or, you know, like a relative or somebody. And that's when it requires, like, how much am I going to really thinking, how much am I going to give into this relationship and where do I need to say no? She had a book out. It's called The Art of Psychic Reiki. And we've got a a kind of a short segment here. And I want to jump to the phone lines uh, and take another listener call, Lisa. This is Victoria from Wisconsin. Hi, Victoria. Hey, guys. Long time no talk. Hey. Are you surviving up there with the temperatures? Uh, Yes. It is about negative 11, not counting the wind chill. But, yeah, we're surviving. Ouch. (laughs) You guys? Yeah, well, I mean, it's summer for us compared to what it is with you right now. So, yeah. So you're wow, on. Yeah. You're on with Lisa. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, Lisa. Hi, honey. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I guess my main question. There's so many I have. Um, just knowing, you know, what you're talking about a lot. Um, being an empath myself and be, being very intuitive. Um, I guess my main question for you would be would be um, how do you deal with the after effects of being drained from all these energies, specifically the negative ones? I, that's, thank you so much for asking that. Um, I think we all, especially as sensitive people, have to develop like a daily sort of self-care routine where we learn how to fill our energy back up. So I would say, um, you know, think about what puts gas back in your tank. Maybe it's being out in nature. That's something that's really good for a sensitive or being alone. Maybe you need a nap. Maybe you, I like to get in the, in the, in the bathtub with a lot of salt in the water, like a salt, you know, sea salt. I find that to be very filling and clearing um, when my energy is like stressed from being around somebody that's really draining. We need to like eat properly and um, prayer, meditation, yoga, Reiki, all these, like any kind of spiritual practice. So I I think it's kind of, and also play, fun, creativity, um, hanging out with our friends. There's all the activities. You could make a list of everything you know that puts energy back in your system and do some of that stuff every day. That sounds a lot like a lot of things I try to do or, you know, think of doing. I just don't get to all of them, unfortunately. But um, definitely a lot of the things I do try to do for sure. And, um, you know, like one of the main things I I would say is like, if I'm around people, like I just pick on people, pick up on people's emotions so easily and even animals. And sometimes I just don't know, like if I'm right or not, sometimes I feel like I'm crazy. Like, did I just, am I just making this stuff in my head or, and they look at me like, you know, like I am crazy and I feel like I know what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, but, um, it's just sometimes it's hard to um, come up, you know, come across people of like, you know, what I'm trying to portray as trying to help them. But I totally yeah. get everything you're saying. It's really about, common. You know, it's really like, normal for people or empaths to think they're crazy. And I would say when you're around a lot of people, you want to make sure you have your your bubble on. Like, put your energy, make your your energy bubble really strong. That that sort of light that surrounds you, and you're inside and uh, other people are on the other side and no one can get in without your permission. That's really good. And I would say you need to learn to trust yourself that if you're feeling something, chances are very good. You're right. And if you're not sure you can ask them, like, are you really sad? Do you have a pain in your back? Ask them until you get confident in your ability. Victoria, thank you for the phone call. We're just at a time. We're going to have to go to break here. So, but we appreciate you calling in. Um, we've got about 30 seconds and, uh, I wanted to, um, mentioned lisa you've been doing this for for some time like 20 years or so right yeah long time yep what got you started you know i started working when i was 19 and i i don't know why you just do stuff when you're 19 that you think you can do and i i was pretty psychic as a child and did a lot of training uh back in the day and i really wanted to help people and do you feel like you have i do i do feel like i have and people like our last caller that 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 goes right to my my heart of like that those are the kind of people that i like to help and 
you know, I don't want people like that to think they're crazy. I want them to know they're supported and that they're for something. They're, they're meant to be healers and, and use their gifts to help other people. Don't forget, tomorrow night is a best of program on Beyond Reality Radio. Monday, Tim Schwartz will join us. He's an author. And uh, we'll be talking about ghosts, poltergeists, elementals, and Geff, the talking mongoose, who has baffled scientists for years. And is baffling JV and Jason right <laughs> yes, now, too. Right now, and I'm very baffled. And then Tuesday night, our first guest will be John Potash, uh, author and documentarian. We'll be talking about his newly released film, Drugs as a, Weapons, a Weapon Against Us, the CIA's War on Musicians and Activists. And so make sure you check that out. It's going to be a great show. And in the second hour, we'll have Rhonda and Dwight Hall, paranormal researchers and psychic mediums. We'll be, we'll be discussing their new book, Conversations with Spirits of the Southwest, A Continued Journey into the Paranormal, speaking with the spirits of the Southwest. So make sure you check it out. It should be some great shows. Yeah, we had, uh, we've had we had both of those guests on, I believe, or, or all three yeah. of them, I guess, uh, at one point. So it'd be nice to revisit with them. Um, tonight, again, we're talking with Lisa Campion about uh, energy vampires and more. Her website is lisacampion.com. It's like champion without the H. And her book is called The Art of Psychic Reiki. And uh, I want to ask you about that, Lisa. What is psychic Reiki versus regular Reiki? Well, um, you know, what I noticed, because I'm a psychic and a Reiki teacher, what I noticed was that when people um, learned Reiki, uh, if you have uh, psychic ability or you're an empath, Reiki brings it out. So it really will open up your psychic gifts, especially Reiki level two. So there's three levels with Reiki. People... When they go through level one, they become more sensitive and empathic. When they go through level two, if they have psychic capacity, it really opens. And what I was, after teaching Reiki for 20 years, what I noticed was that was scary for people. Like they'd, uh, I had somebody come, come to me, one of my students, and say, I stopped doing Reiki because I was starting to see things and it was freaking me out. I was seeing colors around people and, you know, I think I was, somebody's, dead mother came into a session and it scared me so much. I never did Reiki again. And I thought that was sad. Like, you know, what, what they really, uh, what she really needed was training. She needed training in both Reiki and also how to manage uh, the psychic gifts, because I think they're a really great asset for a healer to have that stuff. Let's jump to our phone lines again. This is Audrey in Kansas. Hi, Audrey. Welcome to the program. Hi guys. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thanks for calling. My my question is, is it possible to be both at the same time? Great to be question. Both, yeah. uh, an empath and an energy vampire? Yeah, and the reason is because I feel I'm an empath. I'm constantly worrying about people, taking them in, taking in animals. I mean, you know, I know I have a heart of gold, but then when I stepped on, walked over, of course, you know, you meet your friends or family for lunch or something, and they go, how's it going? Well, then you tell them, and you feel like you're sapping their energy. Yeah, so is it, it, it is possible that, um, that that might be true for you. So what, one of the, sometimes um, empaths who get really, really, really drained um, can yeah. actually sort of turn around and become, you know, kind of kind of an energy vampire themselves. So it's not uncommon, and I do think that, if that's the case for you, it would be really working on making sure that you're filling yourself, that you have good boundaries so you're not – don't let your tank get to empty because it's when your tank is at empty that that's what, when that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. So you have to kind of really uh, make a decision and, and decide you're going to do some prayer, some meditation, some yoga. You're going to, you know, do what you need to do to fill, keep your tank full every day. So you don't get so depleted that you now become an energy vampire. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Thanks for for calling in. Yeah. Thank you, Audrey. Um, Lisa, I want to talk about souls for a second because you, uh, a lot of the work you do with your clients is uh, directly um, related to and directed to uh, that person's soul. Tell us about the soul. What is it? Why is it important? And how do you communicate with it? Sure. So I love to do soul work. And, and what I mean by soul is like the part of us that never changes, the part of like if your grandmother walked in the room and she said, you haven't changed since you were two years old. It's like that core essence part of us. And, and I, I mean, if you believe in past lives, it's like the part of us that, that stays the same, that is on this journey through our cycle of incarnation and all the lives that we have here on planet Earth. 
growing and evolving. And to me, that's the most interesting part of somebody in that everybody's soul sort of has a story. It has a journey. It has a narrative. And when I do work with people, I'm looking at what is the story of you? Where have you been? What are your past lives? What are you doing now? What's awesome about you? Where are you challenged? You know, what problems do you have? What are your contracts with the other people in your life, which is totally a soul issue? Where, what's your life purpose? What are you meant to do here? And where are you going in the future? This is all soul stuff, and that's what I really like to work with with people. Do you, when we talk about soul in that sense, I'm a little unsure if you mean it in the mystical sense, in the yeah. in almost the religious sense. Well, I, I kind of. I mean, it's like who, if you are more, if you have a body, but you're more than a body. You have feelings, but you're more than that. You have thoughts, but you're more than that. What is that more than? That more than is your soul. It's this. It's this enduring part of you that is bigger than just the person that you are right now. You know, like what, what, who, the part of you when you, when you die and you cross over and you go yeah. to the other side, that part of you. Yeah. And, and, you, know? and you, you mentioned, and you've mentioned a couple times actually, past lives. How does that play a role in all of this? For me as a psychic, it helps me understand people, you know. So when I, I do readings for people, I often look at their past lives because I, I think they're quite interesting and they can tell us a lot about who we are, tell us where we've been, you know, what, what, might be stuck or what we're carrying in from uh, our past lives that we're still working through in this lifetime. So sometimes what I see issues that you just can't work through no matter how hard you try. And if we go back and do some past life work, we can sort of fix it or resolve it in a way that will change in this, you know, change your life in a better way this time around. So that's what I think. That's how I see things. When, um, a person is having some difficulties in their life, whether it's, you know, something that they've brought on themselves or it's coming from someone else due to a relationship or whatever it happens to be. At what point do you recommend that they seek this kind of assistance? I would say, you know, any time when you feel like you're over your head, you know, if you can't figure it out yourself and... I think we all need outside help. I do. I have people, you know, that I work with when I can't see, you know, what's going on in my own life. We, we all need um, other perspectives. We all need a helping hand. We all need people to support us in different ways. So I think if you're going through a crisis, if you're in the middle of a trans- transformation, things are changing in your life, or if you're really stuck and you can't figure out how to move forward, those are times when I think it's good to work, to find somebody to work with. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. Jane. All okay. right. I, I was going to ask you, because we were talking about you doing this for about 20 years. Did you say you started with Reiki? I started working as a psychic when I was 19. As a psychic, okay. And then um, and I, I was so young, you know, and I decided that I really wanted to help people in a deeper way. Like I would do readings for people and they would cry and I'd be like, oh my God, now what do I do? So I wanted to help more. So I learned counseling and psychology and really, you know, started working combining psychic work with counseling. And then about 20 years ago, I, I was wanted to address the energy field, and I was seeing things that were happening in people's body. I wanted a way to kind of get into the body, and that's when I learned Reiki, um, and also which is a form of energy work. And I've, I've studied other kinds of energy work. So when I work with people, I usually combine those all of those things, some psychic work, some counseling, and some energy work. And it, it's pretty deep. It kind of will get to the root of what's going on with you and, and really create change or really shift things in your life in a pretty powerful way. Well, getting back to the whole energy vampire uh, aspect, I've now I've heard report, well, some people have claimed well, they want, that they're energy vampires, but they also claim that it's an addiction, that it becomes an addiction after they've done it for so long. Is this something that you've heard? Yeah, I have heard that. Um, and it, it is often likened to an addiction. So... Definitely the people that are sort of consciously choosing that lifestyle will often say that it's like an addiction. And I think that people who are unconscious energy vampires are a bit addicted to it, too. So if you think about addictions like we go to addictions when we feel empty on the inside, when we we have like a hunger really inside of us or an emptiness inside of us, and what might be drugs or alcohol we go to or food or shopping or, I don't know, playing on the Internet, all the things that we do now that sort of fill that empty space inside of us and taking energy from other people is a really big way that we do that, all of us, you know. And some people do it more than others, and I think it has that 
that addictive quality that we, we can get into when we feel empty and hollow on the inside and we don't know what else to do. Okay, and in your writings, you write that, well, the easiest time to actually get drained by a psychic vampire is, is actually during sex. So yeah. how can you protect yourself or how, how do you see that before it happens? Well, I think we have to be careful about who we choose as partners, you know, and we're so vulnerable when we're, you know, we're, we're um, naked, we're like really deeply sharing energy, we're kind of opening to each other. And this, well, that's, the that's that why we I'm do. asking, because honestly, if you don't lose energy during that, I, I think you've done it wrong in the first place. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so we have to be mindful about who our partners are. And I think probably everyone's had an experience where you feel really like used or drained or terrible afterwards. And we've also had experiences where we feel really like loved or, you know, revered or awesome afterwards. And if you're, you know, chronically in a situation where, you know, you feel worse afterwards or like, why did I do that? Or does, you know, that person doesn't care about me. I feel totally used. That's an opportunity that you probably got drained. You probably get somebody, you know, took some energy from you when you were doing So more of an emotional type drain? Yeah, definitely an emotional drain, but also a physical drain, you know. So, you know, we we just have to be very careful that we're choosing relationship, like, you know, lovers and sexual partners that are are loving, caring, supportive, um, or at least respectful, you know, like, and not really um, allowing ourselves to be used that way. As we kind of wind down the conversation about energy vampires, and you may have touched on these uh, during the course of this discussion, but what are your top three psychic self-defense defense techniques? Um, I think my first one is we talked, I, we talked with one of the uh, callers about sort of using a bubble, you know. So just see that it's simple, and it really is effective. So imagining that you have a, a bubble around you that you have um, – a screen, kind of like, you know, you're inside something that people can't get. I think, interestingly enough, putting your hands over your belly, putting your hands over your solar plexus or your arms, crossing your arms there if you feel like somebody's draining your energy because that's a place where people take. So cover that up. Um, If you feel like you're around somebody that's taking your energy, don't look them in the eye because the eyes are a very strong connection point. So if you cover your belly and you don't look in their eye, you can, you know, we can sometimes... Um, really eliminate that feeling um, and then be inside your bubble. And then I think um, use your intuition, like use, follow your instinct. If you feel uneasy around that person or you feel uncomfortable around somebody, follow that. Because a lot of times I'm sure, you know, you've had that experience where your gut is telling you that that's not a good person for you to be around and your mind kind of gets in the way and says, what are you talking about? That's a fine person. Everybody else likes that person. Why you know, what's the matter with you? And then we override our intuition and that gets us in trouble. You know, some, some people that just give you the creeps or this off feeling. Pay attention to that. Okay. That's good information. You have, uh, you said you have another book that you're working on. Uh, what's that book about? I know you gave us uh, an idea in the beginning of the discussion, but what's it about and when is is it expected to be published? It's called, uh, the energy vampire cure. And it's about this topic, you know, really, digging deep into everything that we've been talking about tonight. And I guess it'll be done when I'm done writing it. <laughs> so um, I'll soon, I hope, by uh, maybe probably 2020, it'll be uh, available. We've given the website out. It's your name, lisacampion.com. Um, Where else would you like people to go to get more information about you, your work, what you offer, and, of course, uh, your book? My book's available on Amazon or, you know, Barnes & Noble, any of those uh, places. And you can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, um, and, and Instagram, any of those social media outlets. And my website, it really has, is the, probably the best place to go. Well, Lisa, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. It's been a pleasure, and uh, oh, we definitely got to talk to you again at some point. Oh, I hope so. It's been great fun for me, too. Well, stay warm in the, this New England winter, and uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Thank so you so much. All right. Okay, a little popcorn with some soy sauce and uh, sit down and watch something. Oh. What? 
and some hardened arteries, and you're ready to go. <laughs> soy sauce is soy sauce bad for you? I mean, I, it's got some I, sugar in it. I know that. I know. Anytime we go for sushi, I request the low sodium <laughs> soy sauce. Yeah, the sodium is there. You're right. It's a lot of sodium. Um, you know this whole energy vampire thing. I, I, you know, as I'm listening to Lisa talk about it, and I'm, I'm weighing, you know, how it affected my life or affects my life. I think I've determined that I am both a energy vampire and a victim. I think I am but an energy vampire of myself. Doesn't that just create a circle where you you're constantly giving yourself energy and then <laughs> taking sucking it away? It away. <laughs> yes. So it's it's kind of like a solar panel. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's a uh, perpetual motion machine. If, yeah, that's if you, it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. That's actually hey, whatever works for you, man. Yeah. I'm I'm here to support you. Thank you. You're the best. So <laughs> best. So anyways. can you believe we're into February already? February phone. Well, yeah, February first for most of the country right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. This, I mean, we're in 2019, and, and the year is already ticking away faster than last year did, which was fast enough. Yeah, well, I'd like it to get straight to like June. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, we we could rush the part and maybe go into mid-April and then slow it down again. I'd be okay with that. I think. Yeah, no, that's fine as long as we can get through this this cold, yeah. this brutal cold. Yeah, I, I don't mind 50, 60 degrees, but you know me, I love the summer. Yep. And but hey. But definitely a big shout out to uh, Lisa Campion for coming and hanging out with us tonight and talking about these energy vampires and all different types of them. And make sure you tune in. We've got some uh, tomorrow, of course, is the best of. And next week, we've got some great shows coming up as well. Uh, we got Tim Schwartz on, author and also International Man of Mystery on Monday. And we'll be discussing ghosts, poltergeists, elementals. Geff, the talking mongoose that's baffled researchers for years. I have no idea. And so much more. And then Tuesday, we're going to be talking with John uh, Potash, author and documentarian. We'll be uh, talking about his newly released film, Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA War on Musicians and Activists. So, and that's based on the book, Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA's murderous targeting of SDS, Panthers, Hendrix, Lennon, Cobain, Tupac, and other leftists. So a lot of different things to check out there. Um, if you haven't yet, head over to facebook.com slash beyondrealityradio. Like that Facebook page for us. Then head to beyondrealityradio.com. Find all the stations we air on uh, across the country. Download the free smartphone apps, which allow you to listen live, catch past shows, join the online chat, and more. Or any night we're live, just listen right from the website by clicking the Listen Live tab. And if you download the show from iTunes, well, make sure you subscribe to it. It makes it easy. But it, when you do that, take two seconds and just rate it for us. It helps push it forward and makes it easier to find. And that's what it's all about. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.